welcome to the Bioelectronics Podcast by Neurocore. I'm your host, Rick Rowan, and this is where we can hear about how bioelectronics is changing healthcare and providing benefits to both patients and healthcare systems worldwide. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Bioelectronics Podcast. I'm Rick Rowan, your host, and this week we're joined by Ross Haslam, uh, Team GB diver. Good morning, Ross. Hello. Good morning. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have with us our regular Dr. James Samaru. Hi, James. Hey, how's it going? Uh, I have got a cough this week, so I'm going to be on mute for as long as uh, I'm not coughing. So hopefully we can get something <laughs> recorded. Wonderful. Uh, Ross, could you give our listeners a, a bit of introduction to yourself and um, you know some of your achievements and you know uh, where you're at with, with diving at the moment? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm Ross. I'm a, I'm a GB diver. Um, I've been diving now for 17, coming up to 18 years in September. Um, so I started off at a very young age and I've kind of just been going ever since. Um, I, I think I did my first junior international in 2012 and then my first senior international in 2016. And yeah, since then I've kind of just carried on going and kind of climbing up the ranks as much as I can really. Wow, that's a lot of diving. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> and um, what? Uh, where are you at at the moment with regards to? I mean, obviously, it's a lot of difficulties with recent events, COVID, the twenty twenty games being moved into twenty twenty one. Whereabouts are you guys at with your training and plans at the moment? Yeah, so for for us in Sheffield, it's. Um, it's still a little bit uncertain. So we, we still don't have access to the pool because of kind of the running costs and all of that. So we're still doing kind of home workouts and dry, dry land um, training and kind of focusing mainly on strength and conditioning and, you know, physical aspects of the sport. And we haven't managed to get back in the pool yet, but we are, really hoping that it's going to be as soon as possible. Yeah, I mean, that must be extraordinarily difficult to not have access to the pool, particularly, you know, in such a specialist area. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's frustrating. Unfortunately, there's no puddles big enough to throw yourself into. So, <laughs> yeah, it is a bit annoying. I I'm noticed too, I mean, obviously, we just recently did an interview with you for um, for our blog post and, um you know, if it could pick up on some key points there about your journey, uh, you know, you mentioned then as a junior coming through through the ranks, uh, you've also not been immune to in injury. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, do, do you want to walk us through that a little? Give, give us some background yeah. there? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, generally for divers, injury is kind of a big aspect of the sport and injury prevention and injury kind of control is a big aspect of becoming a good diver. Mm. Um, I haven't been particularly lucky <laughs> in that area. I mean, when I was younger, I had kind of a dean on my growth plates and my wrists. I, I tore my triceps multiple times um, because I, I started out as a platform diver. So mm. I was diving off 10 meter at, at 14 years old and hitting the water at around 30 miles an hour. So at that time, I, I was kind of the only way to do that is build up the strength as you do it. And every now and again, if you don't get a clean dive or a clean grab, it can be <laughs> it can be a little um, troubling for the body. 
Um, so yeah, that I've I've had a few bits and bobs, and then most recently I, well, I mean, around a year and a bit ago, year and a half ago, I hurt my shoulder. Um, so I, I was on a training camp, and we were doing, you know, a couple of different exercises that we wouldn't normally do, but just trying to push the difficulty of the strength and conditioning that we were doing. Mm. Um, I kind of I kind of felt my shoulder go a little bit during that, but that's. For I think for a lot of athletes, that's not particularly worrying. I think you feel things go, and then <laughs> after, after a few days, you know, it, it kind of recovers. Um, so I think at the time, I just thought, oh, like it'll be fine. Give it a couple of days, um, and then it never particularly got any better. Um, and I went straight into a, a really busy competition season for me. So I I think I had like six international competitions and I was flying like to China, Japan, and then like, and then Ukraine and loads of different places. So it was just really hard to stay on top of the injury and the pain and, and all of that stuff. And then most recently we kind of decided when we went into lockdown, we were thinking, oh, well, this could be a great opportunity for, you know, to actually rest and to focus completely on rehab and and not worry about the diving so much but after about three months of doing that the shoulder wasn't any different so then luckily we were able to get in with um a consultant and figured out that kind of surgery was the the only option um and so yeah i had i've had a labral or a couple of labral tears fixed and now hopefully i should be getting back to normal soon so obviously hitting the water at 30 miles an hour, that I, I didn't realize that's how quick you guys hit the water. There's, there's obviously quite a small margin for error. Right. And uh, yeah, obviously leading with your hands and, and having that, that force and tension go through all your joints and your arms and your shoulders up to your neck, etc. I mean, what's the, what's the longevity for a, for a diver? I mean, how long do you last in that career? Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't seem to last too long, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, you don't see many sort of old divers in the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, there's don't get me wrong. There are some people. I mean, there's there's one of the Mexican divers called Ramel. I think he's around 36, 37 years old. Um, wow. And he's yeah, he's one of the oldest divers that's still at the top level. It's probably by de facto probably one of the best then because he probably rarely hits the water at a bad angle if he's going to last that long. <laughs> yeah, um, he's he is a very very good diver and. To be fair, he he was a platform diver, and then I think after there you go, uh, maybe the 2012 Olympics, he came down to springboard. So for for platform divers, well, I mean, it, it does depend because platform is harder on the body in terms of the impact, but yeah. the springboard is technically a little bit more difficult. So yeah, it, I think it just depends which area you excel or don't excel in. Um, but yeah, it, I think most people would say around 30s is definitely the the age where a lot of people stop, if not before that. Ross, I spoke to Leon Taylor a couple of years ago, and um, he, yeah, I mean, he he actually did a, a, a talk for me. He was talking about similar things to you. I mean, you just this constant hitting the water at um, the speed and the impact it's having on you know on the body overall. And he also went through, a, a t- you know, quite a bit of time of injury. And one of the discussions was around his use of 
you know, NSAIDs or anti-inflammatories such as ibuprofen and, and other painkillers. And um, he just felt he, he ended up on a downward spiral with regards to um, pain management just to sort of, it just became a, a bit of normality. Yeah. And not really thinking about, you know, longer term what sort of effect that was having on um, his body and, you know, the way he was took, sort of, he was on a mission to help young divers not sort of end up down the same rabbit hole, so to speak. Is this something that um, has afflicted you? You know, has pain management been an issue? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I actually spoke to Leon. Uh, it was around the start of the lockdown and I spoke to him about my shoulder because he had very similar um, problems and mm-hmm. kind of the, a similar thing happened with him where they couldn't really see what was going on on a scan. Yeah. Um, so they were, they were kind of saying, oh, it's a bit of inflammation here or a bit of inflammation there. Um, but actually there, there was some structural damage. So I, yeah, I, because for the year that I mentioned earlier about being really busy competing all over the world, mm-hmm. um, I was on like anti-inflams a lot of the time when I was competing because it was at the time it was the only way really that I could yeah. actually make the shapes that I needed to make in the air. Um, because otherwise it was just too painful mm-hmm. and you know, y- your natural reaction is to kind of shy away from pain and try and avoid those positions that hurt. Um, so for me, it was, it was kind of one of those where I would take as little as possible, but at, at the right time, but it, it just never really made that much of a difference. I mean, it, it helped, but you know, I was never ever pain free the whole way through. I was never able to do a full movement properly or with, with the correct technique. And, and then you diving also obviously suffers for that because you've been working for however many years to try and do a dive in a certain way with the, the right technique. And then suddenly you can't do it because structurally your shoulder doesn't want to go there. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely. I would say I would be very similar to Leon in that kind of trying to figure out a way to manage the pain was probably one of the hardest parts of, of that kind of journey. And during that time, um, when you did have those pain issues, I mean, this is a little bit of a leading question, I suppose, but I, I'm interested to, to know outside of, um, painkillers, anti-inflammatories, obviously the physio was, the team physios would have been working with you, were they? Yeah. So, I mean, through the whole of this, I was, I was seeing a physio most weeks, twice a week. Um, and still it was, (laughs) it was very like, we, we could get some very, very temporary relief where I'd see a physio and, and get some treatment. And then as soon as I'd start diving again, it'd go straight back to how it was before. So it was very, very short lived for me. Were you using any type of bioelectric therapy for manage the pain or the recovery process? Yeah. So at this point, so through my, my kind of 2019 season, mm-hmm. I, I hadn't been. So I, I think I got my Norocore in the, in December of 2019. I think it was around that time. Um, and so, so for that season, I hadn't been. And then basically, as soon as I got it, I'd been using it over Christmas, leading up to nationals and then into my first Grand Prix of this year. Um, and I, I, didn't, I did think it made a difference. And, you know, it, it could be a placebo. I, I don't know. But to be honest, I'm not particularly bothered because to me, it made a difference. And 
And also because at the time I was really struggling with some of my rehab exercises because I just couldn't do the movements very well, just mm-hmm. putting the neuromuscular stimulation mode on and, and being able to apply it to the right muscles for me, I thought helped because it just helped me kind of activate those without having to do these horrible positions that I was really struggling to do. It's an interesting one. I mean, the, obviously, the product that you're referring to is a you know is an entry level product for us. It's a quite of a broad spectrum use device, and its technology is sort of for general use, not specifically for for your purpose. Although the reduction in pain and the neuromuscular activation would have helped with that sort of microinflammation around that the joint and tissue. So that's probably why you felt more comfortable because it was giving you, although you probably didn't test it specifically, but it would have been giving you increased range of motion but it was interesting um you didn't you weren't offered or wasn't used at any time for pain management not our product but but any type of bioelectrical therapy during your competition season or during that those that times of of sort of injury management no not not for me i mean to be fair in diving you know we don't have a particular particularly loads of money or loads Mm. of kind of the the newest high-tech stuff so yeah it was it was more hands-on treatment and then kind of referring to a doctor for anti-inflams and things like that well i'd say it's interesting but it's yeah it's a little bit surprising i suppose um and and uh, at the same time um it just goes to show there is there is lots of opportunity uh you know for there to be improvements and yeah. as you know that the the device or the tech that's helped you is not particularly high cost um, but it's had an impact. And you also then you, you've ended up having surgery now. Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go? Yeah, I mean, as as far as I know, it went well. I've seen the, the surgeon again and he, he seemed very happy with it. And I mean, at the moment, I'm not allowed to see um, our physio. So we do kind mm-hmm. of two, two days a week FaceTime um, and go through all my exercises. And she she kind of checks the range on the on the phone screen and it, at the moment everything seems good my my range is coming back you know i mean i still can't mm-hmm. throw my arm over my head but it's yeah. yeah it's it's definitely coming back it's just a slow process and i think um with with kind of the injury that i had in a way less is more so we keep talking mm-hmm. about not forcing it and for me who's generally generally being someone who if I can't get something I'll just do it until I can and, and kind of force it there whereas this this injury is more kind of allowing the range to come back and then allowing the the exercises to happen without the pain so it's just a, a bit of a patient process for me <laughs> mm. and are the exercises um, specifically for that joint about um, the activation of the surrounding muscle and and getting the movement in there to reduce inflammation? Yeah. So, I mean, at the moment, it's mainly trying to get range back. Um, Mm And so like it's a lot of passive exercises just just to increase Mm -hmm. range and just to keep kind of nudging my shoulder um, Mm -hmm. further and further over my head. Um, And then, yeah, as I as I progress on the the more active level stuff comes in. Yeah. So just on that, there's probably a number of treatment modes on on uh, either of the devices that you have uh, that would help with <clears throat> the activation of the surrounding tissue, including um, 
you know, reducing that inflammation at a micro level uh, as well as, you know, helping with the range of motion. So definitely worth trialing. Yeah, I mean, even as soon as I'd had the surgery, I was I was using the the MC squared kind of mode mm-hmm. um, because I, well, I actually listened to your podcast and we, they were on about um, wound healing and that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, <laughs> I may as well shove it on. So I would, I would put it on and have it on for hours in the day because that 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 mode is so good because you can't feel it so you can just go about your normal yeah. daily life yeah. and have it on under a piece of clothing and no one would know actually i use microcurrent post post surgery um myself and it's hard to explain but what it it does do because it is working on on you know the inflammation and the you know healing cascade etc is it fe- it feels like the volume is just turned down on the intensity of of the area and um, yeah, it's hard to describe. It's not a switch, it's not an on-off switch. It's just it's just like the volumes yeah. turned down. Yeah, and I yeah, I kind of describe it as like a dampening of, <laughs> of yeah. the feeling, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a bit of a placebo effect myself, so I I would take it off, and then you know hours later uh, I could feel the intensity yeah. <laughs> return. So I was back on, and I yeah, I was, I was well convinced. Um, uh, about the benefits but no that, that that's good i'm really glad to hear that you did because uh you know i'm i'm sure and i'm sure you're aware that uh, it it really does it does help with the coping mechanism for one but it it helps with just that feeling of comfort particularly you know for something that's so acute such as surgery yeah i think it's like you said as well ross that that you can um you can just go about your normal day and i think you know when it comes to physiotherapy and it becomes to you know getting back to normal i think most physios will tell you that once you're beyond a certain type of recovery you know point of recovery then you actually need to be using the joint using the limb all sorts of things like you know as normal i think anything that can kind of help you do that it's like when you've sprained an ankle and they say often you know you've got to walk normally don't limp and all that sort of stuff i think anything that can help along those lines is, is gonna speed up the recovery so as you say who cares how it's working i think the point is that it is and it makes a difference for an individual i think that's uh, that's the whole point right yeah so ross what what's the the plan obviously your hope is to get back in the pool as, as soon as you can yeah so i mean as soon as the pool opens i'm hoping to get in and do I mean, it's going to have to be very low level stuff, but I mean, for, for everyone, especially the guys in Sheffield, like we haven't trained since uh, March time. So it, everyone will have to build, build up at a, a slow rate. Um, and then, yeah, obviously the, the main aim is to be able to get back this year and compete. We have a nationals in January. Um, so compete at nationals, qualify for World Cup, which is another qualification event for the Olympics for a lot of people. Um, GB are lucky enough, like we, we've already qualified all of our slots for the men's events. Um, so at the moment, those competitions don't matter um, to actually get anyone to the Olympics. And then it will be kind of a nationals again after as an Olympic trials to see who goes. but. If I'm completely honest, I'm not 100% convinced <laughs> that Tokyo will end up happening with everything that seems to be going on in the world, but I'm trying to stay as positive as possible. <laughs> well, look, um, I really appreciate your time today, both yourself and, and James. No worries, man. Good luck with the recovery. Thank you. Obviously, best of luck with, um, you know, 
with the heading into the games. <laughs> yeah, thank you. They, they go ahead. Um, and yeah, look, we'd love to step state with your recovery. Obviously, we're following your journey and um, hope hope everything goes in a positive direction. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for all the support as well for the last almost a year. It's been really, really good. You're more than welcome. Thank you both. Thank you. Cheers, Rick. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Bartlett Trunks podcast by Neurocore and for making it to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it, remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. We'd much appreciate it. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow us on all of our socials so you don't miss out on any of the latest Bartlett Trunks content.